Welcome, everybody, to Broadcast Team Alpha, where we bring you cutting-edge conversation while exploring the quantum, quantum, I can't say it enough times tonight, quantum possibility, because we're, we're really going there tonight, guys. So put your seatbelts on. Thank you for being here. Thank you, as always, for all the great chat that happens. If you have any questions for our inspiring guests tonight. Please put them in capital letters so I can see them easily. And I just want to invite you to subscribe to our station if you have not yet subscribed. Also, while you're there, click the thumbs up if you like what you hear tonight. And if you would like to get notifications of when our shows come up, sometimes we do some pop-ups. And, you know, we've also got the Friday show, the Quantum Wellbeing show that happens at 7.30 on Friday evening, Eastern time. So if you want to be reminded when the shows are, just click that little bell and you'll get notifications. I also want to invite you to the Friday show. It's the Quantum Wellbeing Show. We're going to be over there at 7.30. It's a quick show. It's 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. And most of the time, I try to keep it at 30 minutes because it's Friday night, right? And, and our attention spans aren't what they used to be. So we're keeping it short and we're having fun. And we're talking about we're talking about a lot of health topics, you know, really um, timely topics, right? Because, well, we don't have to go into that. And I just want to tell you about our friends that we are going to be affiliated with over at the Conscious Awakening Network. We're going to have our shows streaming on their platform, too. And they've got all kinds of amazing things coming up. And uh, we're going to probably have some classes over there and do all kinds of fun stuff. So check out the Conscious Awakening Network. Augie, please tell us about our guest. Yes, this is going to be a delight because uh, we have Saizan Saldowski with us. And uh, he comes very highly recommended by a common friend of us over in Sedona, Arizona, uh, Tom Dongo up there. And I think he's listening tonight. So I enjoy I giving him a plug too. <laughs> anyway, Saizan, uh, he wears many hats. He do a lot of things, and he have a lot of strange experiences. And he is directing an organization to rescue children from child trafficking, which is um, somewhat dangerous in some times, but he seems to get along all right with it. And uh, he's got some stories in that arena, too, that maybe that will be for another show. But... Uh, <clears throat> Also, uh, he is a traveler. He's an author of five books under the title of The Playaren Diaries. And uh, you can find those books on Amazon. And um, also for those of you that um, like to surf the Internet while you listen, uh, you can find him uh, on YouTube, of course. And hey, that's where you're listening right now, probably. And also, he has a website, The Quest X. Uh, no, I'm going to spell this because it, it gets convoluted. The Quest ECSS.org. So uh, th I think that that as close as I can get it. And he's also had some strange experiences with extraterrestrials. He has been on their ships, he's been taken to their worlds, and there are messages for us from our friends 
in space. And we're going to hear about that tonight. So stay with us, because this you want to know about. So uh, without any more from me, welcome to the show, Saizan. Welcome, Z. Hi. <laughs> it's fun to be here. Yeah. Good to have you. This is going to be amazing. And you are multifaceted and, dare I say, multidimensional, I'm sure. <laughs> How did this, I mean, you were telling us earlier that you've had some challenging life experiences, like being shot at because you tell the truth, things like that. But what has unfolded for you over the years to bring you to this place now? How did this start? Uh, it was kind of funny. You know, I was, uh, once a week I train uh, people that are ex-military and stuff that want to be contractors and uh, down in the glades. And so every once in a while I wander off into the swamp and uh so i know my area really well but it's very far from anything so you would never really find anybody out there and we've never had any visitors so anyway i'm just going around and it, it just sort of comes to life to me because it's so natural and it's untouched and everything and you know they say it's really dangerous and stuff but you know uh it doesn't really uh, affect me and so anyways i'm walking along and i'm following down this path and i decide to go this other way one time and as I do, I catch out of the side of my eye that there was somebody over there and they didn't fit any of the environment. I'm starting to think, am I smelling something here that's making me a little different or something, right? You know, and so I'm just sort of paying attention to what, what I'm seeing. And this beautiful lady with blonde hair and had this like uh, darker blue jumpsuit on was caught up i could tell in the mangroves if you don't know what mangroves are it's kind of like the roots aren't in the ground yet you know and that they, they branch out and it's very difficult walking through mangroves and this and that and be off to the side and obviously this lady got tangled up in them and then below the the roots that are coming out is what we call the suck because if you step in it you sink down to your knee right and so anyways i could see her there and so you know i I looked at it as though uh, when I see an animal or something, an animal that's trapped or something, and, you know, you approach very cautiously and, and slowly and, and calmly, and then you set it free and that's it, right? And so, anyways, I decided to walk that direction just to check out what I was seeing and seeing if I was just like delusional or something. And when I got over to her, I could tell she was scared. And so I just kind of hung back for a little bit and stood there in her presence and stuff. And, and I'm going through my head, all these scenarios of what the heck is this, you know, it's happening in front of me. So I said, well, whatever, I'll just go for it. And uh, so then I made a little, got a little closer and a little closer. And then um, I could see that her legs were tangled up in those, those roots sort of thing. And she was stuck in the muck. And so um, I always had a knife on me. And so I pulled the knife out and she kind of, you know, moves back a little bit. And then, so I open it up and I kind of show her what I want to do with it. And then I uh, hold it over towards her so she can grab it. And then she does and she inspects it and stuff. And, and then, you know, I reach for it and she gives it to me. So anyways, you know, make a long story short, I get her out of it and I step back from her. And as she starts to walk, I could tell she wasn't walking really well. And so, you know, she must have hurt her, her leg. So then, you know, I make motions with my hands and stuff to pick her up uh, and carry her where she needed to go. And, you know, 
timidly she agrees to that and so you know she's about oh five six or so and so i'm anticipating a certain weight right and when i go to pick her up i almost threw her over my head because she couldn't have been more than 25 pounds and it's it's because they can change that i didn't know it at the time but you know to accommodate and so um, I'm kind of surprised because of how timid she was or uh, scared. She puts her arm around my shoulder to help me carry her. And then she keeps directing me to where to go. And we come to this opening that I hadn't been to before in the swamp. And it, it was a big mound. And it had a lot of shells and stuff on it. And I didn't know at the time what the mounds were or anything. But I, she asked me to set her down. And so I... I set her down and I'm thinking to myself, am I going to leave this person out here in the middle of absolutely nowhere? You know, but then again, so much weirdness is happening. So I figure, well, I just step back a little bit and, you know, get completely out of her way. And so I go back and when I turn around, I can see her moving her hands like this and then this like blue light and she's gone. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, that was fun, you know, sort of thing. And I hope I'm still, you know, um, uh, mentally correct. <laughs> and and I go on about it and it never got out of my mind, you know, until the next time. So anyways, that's how it all started. And then, wow. then you know, how, how I began the book thing is like all my friends, I, I mentioned stuff, so, some of the stuff to my friends and they all started getting, uh, asking me all these questions. And it was the same questions over and over and over again, you know, and and then, uh, so what I ended up doing is I decided just to write a book and then they could read the book and they could, uh, you know, then ask me better questions. And when I did that, it just took off. And suddenly all these people were interested in this experience that I was having. And since then, it's just, you know, through the roof. <laughs> Phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. Wow. So that was the now, did you get to yeah. know any more about her later on, or do you know who oh, she yeah. was? Oh, man, there's so much information. But essentially, well, I went back out there in a week or so and, and went out, and I wasn't intending on going to that specific spot. But then something, my curiosity got me, and I thought, eh, I'd just go over and take a look and see what there is. And when I did, you know, I'm looking around, and I see that blue light come down. And... Uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, because I'm a lot different than a lot of people because, you know, like I've been shot nine times. So fear of death isn't really there for me anymore. And I was thinking, well, you know, if this is what I think it is and I get up there and they eat me, you know, like all the movies show and everything, you say, well, that'd be a great story to tell in heaven, right? You know, how'd you get here? You know, sort of thing. And so anyways, I go into the ship. It just takes me immediately into the ship. And in front of me is standing six individuals and there's three men and three women. And I'm looking across, they're not seeing anybody real excited to see me, right? And it was almost like a burden. And so, you know, I, I look at each one, one at a time, and just because that's the kind of thing I do. And, and you know, none of them are very, I mean, they're not encouraging me to want to be there. And then I get down to the end where Sam Jess is, which is the one I, I rescued in the uh, swamp. And she's like, hi, <laughs> you know, and so it just opened up the door, gateway for me, you know, to uh, start to, a dialogue. And then I started to learn so much about them that they were a lab ship. They really didn't have anything to do with contact or anything like that at that, at that moment. And 
um, I had to go through, you know, we tried to have a dialogue and I was having a really hard time talking to them. And one of the things was, it's like, I, I, for an example, I tell them there's a guy without a shirt walking down the street. Well, 16 hours later, they're very excited and they're still asking me questions about that. And what I ended up learning was, is that they see things that from so many different points of view that they could actually, by the time they understand it, they could be there and be experiencing it and know exactly what's happening. And so to bridge that gap, because I was getting tired of this, it was to show them like films and stuff like that, and then have them ask me questions. And it just really took off from there. But yeah, it was kind of funny too. The story behind that is like, here I run the most successful child rescue program in the world. And I write a book about aliens, you know, so that's probably not going to be the best move in the world. But, you know, I wasn't getting hardly any donations anyway. So I figured, yeah, I'll just go with it and see where it takes it. But I found that there's, they've teach, taught me so many things. I leave little nuggets in each of my books that explain ways uh, that their ways and how they do things, how things operate, the energies that they we could be using that we don't and why and and all those things i understand i learned how time doesn't exist you know life doesn't exist you know it's more of an illusion so you mentioned that uh that was a lab ship and they're not involved in contact is there a special group that's involved with contact how does that work yeah um it's it's really interesting because uh what had happened after I had met them, like they, ex- they have explained to me that they saw humans as like monsters, violence, you know, and how they, we were so unique in the way that we would friend animals that could kill us, you know, and those sort of things. And so, um, it, it, there was a, the, they have like a command or, or something like that. It, it's, I have a hard time with words because it isn't exactly true in the sense of, the definition but anyways they had these this other people that they go through the command i call it and uh they like uh, that it's uh, wanted them to continue the contact with me because for some reason i was able to bridge gaps that they weren't accustomed to and so we continued you know the process but it all has to do with your frequency your frequency is like the passport through the universe and it's it's unique and so response to each of those things is unique and one of the things that in order so they were very uncomfortable in the beginning to be my you know people that were talking to me as far as what contact means and and it's kind of funny there's so much that's involved in this but essentially um I, I want to be a contactee. I'm telling them, it's like, yeah, you're showing me all this really cool stuff and, and ways of, of leaving the body and, and all this. And, you know, so I want to be a contactee. And they said, no, you're too old. You know, you're no good. And they still wow. tell me to, the, to the, this day, <laughs> which is funny because I, I still have in learning these things. I, I think what I should say first though, is in order to continue the, uh, the contact with these people, and to, to get to know these people, I had to go through a really hard process for me. And and I'm easy with this stuff, but it was still hard. And I call it becoming naked. And that is that every time I go on that ship, I have to be absolutely naked in the sense of um, I can't hide anything. I can't lie to them. 
uh, I have to be completely open. And so, you know, as we progressed on, I just became in love with these people. They were just so beautiful and, and kind, and I liked being with them. And there was a point at which, like, when you walk, go, anytime you go on to the, one of their ships, you're scanned in a sense for, you know, different things, diseases or, or you know, something that might contagious be contagious to them. So anyways, they also, they saw these scars and the bullet holes in my body. And they asked me about that. And I'm thinking, oh man, how do I do this? Because if I tell them, they're going to know that I'm a monster, right? You know, the one that they perceive me to be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm debating on that and trying to figure out how it is that I'm going to explain this to them. And what happened was so beautiful. Um, I, I was, uh, I said, okay, well, I took Sam Jess aside because we had sort of become like troublemakers and buddies. And, um, and she was in, oh, there's so much to tell you guys. But anyway, uh, she took me to her room and we laid on her bed and there's this like, uh, like this screen that she can pull over that isn't really there sort of thing. And yeah. to show her this movie, because the only movie I could think of that I could, it'd be, it'd be the best way to explain to them was the movie Taken, you know, which is kind of representative of what I did. And I told her, this isn't me and stuff. And I'm thinking that it's just me and her because I wanted her to see it to get her impression first. And so as we're watching this, she's being completely consumed by the movie. And she's got like her face up there, especially towards the end, you know, when he gets to his daughter and then they embrace. And I'm hearing noises out in the rest of the room, you know, I mean, out in the rest of the ship. And here it was, they were all watching the same movie. So I didn't know that they were all watching it at the same time. And I was saying, please, this isn't me, but this is, this shows you how people will put themselves in harm's way, you know, for the greater good. And in that process, so Sam Jess gets up and she leaves the room and uh, I get my coffee up there, which is really cool. It's really good. That's a whole nother story. But anyways, I'm drinking that coffee and thinking to myself, well, you know, it was great to meet these people and stuff. And I just hope they don't eat me before they throw me out of here, you know? And so uh, once I've about finished my coffee, Sam Jess comes back in the room, grabs me by the hand, says, come on out, you know? And I'm thinking, okay, here it goes. And we go out there and they're all, crying or leaking, you know, and mm. through the emotion that they saw spent in that movie. Mm. And they look at me and, you know, they, they feel the scars and stuff. And so many times I've been doing speeches in churches and stuff where there was different pastors from other organizations there and they would lay hands on me, right? In a big circle in a big group. And it always feels, I always feel something from that, you know, good. But when I'm when I was on the ship and they took me out and I call it the living room, uh, because mm -hmm. to me it's a big RV. Right. But, uh, and it's easy for me to identify things that way. But anyway, mm -hmm. they, they put their hands on me and I could feel this, this strength and this power as though they were pushing me down, but it was their energy. And I went to my knee and I just felt this flood of just everything leaving me all this pain and, and the stress that I had had over the years and they accepted me for that. But it took several of those events and each time it was a major challenge for me because I didn't want to lose my contact with them, mm -hmm. but they always surprised me in the way they reacted to who I was. And now as far as the contact goes, they, they pick like the younger crowds and 
they had introduced me to a group that they had before they had met me. And these people, I, I was several different species was there that took us to this place where I would meet them. And when I met them, you know, in a long story short, I just really didn't connect with any of them. And I was so disappointed because they were so interested in who built the pyramids, where's Atlantis and all this. And, you know, they couldn't even understand the concept that I had, which is when, you know, it's like when I, uh, when people uh, astral travel, they have an impression that they're going to find out who killed Kennedy. And in reality, when they get out of their body, there's so much candy in front of them. They forget all about what they thought they were was going to see. And that's the same way it is with me every day with these aliens. There's just so much beauty. So anyways, I was all disappointed and I go back to the ship and they're all so happy that I didn't connect with them because they didn't, they weren't able to get through and get the messaging through for the purpose of contact, which is to change our consciousness. And then there was later down the road after they mapped a lot of what my frequency was telling them and they started to select other people which were much younger. Like there's several videos that you can see like on YouTube and everything where like this one Chinese girl is walking along and all these dead plants are next to it. And as she walks by, they come alive. And they're seeing these things as miracles and stuff like that, which is a whole other story. But what it is, is that these people, these young people that they are using as contactees are to learn the methods and, and the love that these Pajerans possess. And they're not to be teachers and they're not to go out and show anything off. They're just supposed to live their life with these new uh, additions to who we really are right because we're we limit ourselves to our potential we are so much more than what we think that we are and so um anyways that's how contact is creating and it's like the hundredth monkey they teach these these young people and as they go through life they you know other people will see it and positivity mm -hmm. attracts negativity repels and so it will eventually, hopefully over like 50 years, it will change our consciousness where our consciousness won't be to look to the government for answers, but it will be in community with other people, which comes about what natural law is all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. that's about how, how they more or less think that it is obviously a very highly advanced technology but also, what about their spiritual development, the spiritual knowledge of, I'm sure they probably gotten over the old, really old guys sitting on the cloud out there, the another one with a long beard and the long hair, they call him God. I think they gotten over that concept, but what do they know about spirituality and source and anything like that? Well, that's another big topic too that's why i've had to write so many books right um and like the, when i was starting to learn some of the stuff they, they talk about natural law it's like when they're from birth they're guided and so like the whatever the interest of is of the baby which this is really a short story but uh they help they feed that interest that that child has and it develops, you know, and they, they go on, they move and they get more and more advanced in a very short period of time. And the reason for that is there's never a depletion of 
uh, source or uh, people to work, right? In certain things like here on Earth, for instance, you know, it was a time when factories and skilled factory workers was needed. And then we moved into the computer industry, which lacked the, the number of people that was necessary to have the education to work it. Well, when you follow natural law, it, it, you never have that depletion because you're already following the path that you're going, right? Or the, as a civilization. And so when, um, uh, the, like magic, what we think is magic, you see somebody levitating or you see them doing uh, like miracles and things like this, there is no miracle and there is no none of this stuff that we're witnessing. What we are witnessing is mag the magic that we create that we have the ability to do within ourselves. Um, one of the things that they liked is when I uh, re uh, called it like the time that Jesus was healing all these people. And when he finished healing them, he told the people, you, the people of this earth can do all that I can do and more. And yeah. so they kind of like that idea. And the trick is, is that, well, it's no trick, but it's, it's love. We have this brain that is fully functional and uh, it, um, it, we use all of it, but there's all these files that we can fill inside of our brain that are empty. I mean, right up until our death, we're still logging memories and, and, and things that experiences that happen to us. And when we start to fill all that void in our brains with love, unconditional love, uh, what happens is that we activate what we used to think was magic. And it's like they were the Pajarans have told me that they're like 5,000 years advanced to us, but their evolution stopped before that 5,000 years, similar to like us. And like, if you look at the apes, the apes have, have plateaued in their evolution. They reached a point where they could use tools slightly, but they're never going to more, move more past that. Us as humans and our race have already reached that evolution. And right, right. So now what we have to do is the next step, which is the consciousness. And that is being able to use our, you know, our, our abilities both here and uh, beyond. And in other words, fill our brains with love. And then we start to connect to the magic. Now, as far as like, you know, um, life is an illusion. Time is an illusion. I can prove all this stuff and, and, you know, your experience. But, you know, when you get to what source is, or God or heaven. If you believe in Buddhism, if you believe in Christianity, that's all absolutely real because that is what you have defined your home as. And your home is source, right? So, so you have source, say it's in space. And the best way to describe this is like, you know, we believe that we have past lives and, and a current life and, and such. Well, if you can imagine what you ever see one of those mats that you have for kids or for athletes that are like puzzles and they push them together. So you get this really nice big mat. But uh, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, each of those would be a fragment. Each of those puzzle pieces would be a fragment, right? Of the whole. And so you got like consciousness and he's this big guy sitting on a lazy boy on top of this mat. Right. And in front of him is all these TVs, right? And on these TVs, there's a, a TV series playing on each one of those. Well, we are the star of each one of these TV series. So we are just a projection. We never come here to Earth or whatever planet or whatever being. We are just a projection from source, from our particular fragment. Yeah. And so that fragment is a soul. And so when our TV series is over, then, you know, we reassimilate inside of source. 
But each of those TV series is, of our fragment is our lives, past, present, and future. And they're all going on exactly at the same time. So that's why we can have this bleed over and, and see into those their other lives. I love the way that you explained that. That was fabulous. It took that a long really time good. for me to develop that, but it's so yeah. far beyond words, you know? So I mean, good. So it just took me to a place where we had to die, which was all comical too. But, you know, we're, you know, when you leave your body, you're in this coil or this, you know, spin and, and a flat line, which was kind of representative of dying, right? But it was right. necessary in order for us to access this thing that we wanted to do. And uh, it was, and it was really enlightening and where everything becomes instant when you're beyond this, what we call life, everything, no thought, everything, it's all instantaneously, you know, occurring. And so you have to get used to that. So where is the language for that, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There is none. There is none. <laughs> wow. I'm just going to check and see if there's any um, questions. Um, Barbara Becker Healing has been doing a great job of um, educating and uh, explaining things really good. Yeah, so I think we're good right now. If you guys have any questions, please put them in capital letters, and I will ask Z. Yeah. Ask me, ask me about uh, flying a pod. <laughs> about what? Flying a pod. Yeah, I want to hear that. It kind of uh, <laughs> it kind of explains a lot of uh, what you're seeing now, you know, uh, as far as us on the ground and everything. Um, there was a time where, you know, uh, I'm really into this stuff, right? You know, the, oh, you know, these like spaceship sort of things. And, and we're in this amazing vehicle or whatever you want to call it out in space. And there was a time where, you know, I made a bet with the, the guy who runs the command and, and I won and I was teaching him how to play pool. And then I tricked him. Anyway, I won this bet. I said, if I win, I want to go for a ride in the pod, you know, and these pods, are kind of like what people call Tic Tacs. I don't know if it's the same thing, but that's what they look like. To me, when I was in close to it, it looked more like a, a coffin, like a larger coffin. But, yeah. you know, it was completely solid. There was no seams or anything. And so uh, Sam Jess reluctantly took me to take me out in one. And when we did so, it was really neat when she touched it, it a, a seam grew where there was like a hatch and it opened up. And so I thought that was kind of cool, but, and yeah. there's two seats, there's two seats, one in front and one in back, but there was no instruments at all. And so, you know, she got in and, and told me, and, and, I got, and I had to wear the suit that was really weird too, which was, it's a, like a living suit. I got to tell you that there's a suit and it was about this big, you know, a jumpsuit, kind of like when I found her and I go, I, I'm with the captain, I go, what do you want me to do with this? And right. so, he goes, well, put it on, begin to put it on. And so I thought, yeah, it's not going to fit. And so I'm thinking, well, they just got me all uh, out of my clothes to laugh at me and play a joke oh. on me, right? <laughs> because they have humor. So I started, I opened it up, which it was weird. It had like a, a cross seam, but it wasn't open until I touched it. And it kind of peeled back and helped me open it. And then as I put my foot inside one of the legs, it didn't stretch. It just actually began to grow. And wow. so as I put the whole thing on and I pull this flap over, it seals. And then I can feel like a comfort in, in the inside of it, like it's cooling me down. 
And it's because it's a living, it's a creation, it's living, the suit was, right? And the same with, with the helmet. Like when I put this helmet on, it was a very small helmet and everything. It kind of grew into the helmet. So there was no openings wow. at all. And, and I could mm-hmm. breathe and see, you know, 360. I mean, I was just really easy. And so anyway, we get in there and Sam Jess is in front of me and I'm watching and she's moving her hands in all these directions and everything. And I have no idea what she's doing. It's like, did she go insane or what? But then the pod moves, right? And takes off. And so then later down the way, it's I, I'm trying to talk the captain into letting me go fly, you know, if it's that easy. And so they agree. And of course, I have to have company. And I'm sitting there and there's nothing there. And then they create this like light control panel where they have like a joystick and there's buttons and stuff. And when I would put my hand around like the joystick and I would like, move my hand forward the 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 light thing would move with it and so what it was happening what i learned over a period of time was that there is nothing there it was the motions wow. that yeah. i make in order to jump or to to move from one place to another and that sort of thing and uh so uh eventually i understood what it was that they wanted me to do and i go but so like if I want to jump from the moon to Mars, I go, so, uh, you know, it takes me, all you got to do is say, jump and make a motion to like a button that used to be there. And it would take me in the proximity of Mars. And so that's kind of how that works. But I go, what if there would be something there? What if there was something that got in my way? Because I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's instantaneous, but something could have been there. Right. And then they started to explain to me that my frequency, which I was talking about before, everybody has this unique frequency. Well, when they, it's kind of like they would put it into their computers. They don't have computers or anything, but just for a, a way of understanding what I'm talking about, it, it what it does is it creates, when I get in there, that, that thing has my PI, which is a personal um, uh, intelligence. And so it knows what I would do before I do, I would do something. And it also can protect me from any, it's like kind of like the plasma you see around pictures of UFOs. Mm -hmm. It's actually a living being that is created that has limited function, but the function that it is that they need similar to like the suits. So if I was to run into something or there would be something in that space where I was jumping to, then it would have made the corrections before that even happened. So, I just thought those things were pretty cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And you mentioned before in talking um, that you you have contact with them daily or you did. Is that true? It's kind of on call. I have things that, you know, I'm dedicated to my my charity and the kids and things like that. So I have a life here. But when I'm here, all I can think about is being there. Because if you think about it, when you get used to being negative, right, you it's not really practical here on earth. You know, I mean, you can talk it, but to walk, walk the walk is quite different because you have to have a different face for each individual that you meet uh, mm-hmm. in order to communicate in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, because you're, they're, they're perceiving of you one way and that's what they want and you the same where when I go on the ship, I don't have any of that. It's like that's flipping amazing. a switch. When I go onto the ship, there is no stress or nothing because everybody already knows everything about me. And, wow. you know, and 
and I'm not trying to deceive them because they'll know and things like that. So I'm completely free. And then the love, Mm -hmm. the love is just absolutely incredible. And that's caused me through this year that I wrote the five books is the development of what's taking place and how I have to define things because it's not at all what I knew, you know, all these things were now it's evolved into something much greater. Wow. Well, um, uh, the Andromedan in the chat room asks, what color is the suit that they have? Any color they want, but in particular, in the group that I'm with, it's it's a it was a dark blue until we moved out of the lab ship and because of a lot of different reasons. But um, now uh, Sam Jess is uh, more of a status and she we have this huge ship and now they wear white but it's and then see that's the difference too is they're they got these big eyes and they're and they're blue and you get lost in looking into their eyes i mean Mm -hmm. you just can feel them so much i mean the emotion comes right out looking at any of them for any reason but Uh the people that i met from the lab ship there are different organizations they don't have any army or a navy or anything like that they don't they don't need it um in 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 this you know once they reach that space but um they i i I started to assume they were all like this you know with the blonde hair and everything Mm -hmm. and then one day i see them a little different and the way the captain explained to me is like if on our on our world you know our military they have a uniform and they have a a code of conduct and that sort of thing and that's similar to them in relation to they work for the, the whole where there are people like when we visited some of the colonies where, I mean, it's just totally erratic. So many different things about the way that they can li- uh, have their color of their hair and and so on and so forth. So it's not limited to, but uh, that is the perception that a lot of people have about yeah. I'm wondering, uh, speaking of color, when you're inside the ship, what did it look like? And also, did you see other species in there, not just humanoids like us? Or are there um, maybe a multi-faceted uh, uh, species crew on these? Or is it just one kind? Um. That's a really, really big question. I don't think you knew it as you was asking it, but um, that's why I kind of, uh, in order to describe it to other people, I call it, it's a big RV, right? Like when I transport in, when I move into the, the ship, I'm in the living room, and which is uh, an open space at the front of the ship, which it, they can do many things there. Like uh, one time uh, when I was, uh, mother was giving me a ceremony and uh, for something that I did, um, they put me on a bed and they're they're doing this toning and stuff and moving their hands around my body. And then as I become awake again, I'm looking and the whole front of the ship is gone. And I'm, I'm looking out and seeing like the moon and it's like I'm right on top of it almost. And it kind of took my breath away. And so they can manipulate it in many ways. And they have this thing which I can't get used to is where you touch the wall, like the rooms are empty and you walk in, you need a chair. You, you, there's a certain place on the wall that you'll touch and a chair appears. And it's you that what they do is they, they know what they want, right? What type of chair? And that's what appears. And then 
there are other things that are stationary, such as like the bathroom, the, one of the most common questions, right? You go to the bathroom. Well, they, it's a like a whatever species is there and they can walk in there and it can sense their frequency and it, it creates what it is that they need. Uh, yeah. like for me, it would be a, a, like a more of a toilet and, and so on and so forth. And, and the, here's a little funny story about that. They had, uh, when you like, when I'm up there for two or three days, um, I feel like I'm getting a little raw or something, even though that you're constantly being cleansed, but you, they have like what I call a shower, right? And it's like a dust that comes out and it covers your body, right? And then it just dissipates and it's gone. And that's it. It cleans your clothes. It cleans everything. And so one time I, I was getting with Sam Jess and I was like, you know, I really would like a water shower. I said, you know, could you get me a water shower for my room? Because they gave me a room. And she says, well, okay. And so she got me a water shower and it was just so nice to have the water pouring on me. And even though that I know this other thing works better than this. And so like one day I'm in, in my room and I got like a loft and I could hear somebody down below and I go to see what it was. And it was uh, one of the other crew members that was using my water shower. And when she came out, I go, what are you doing? And she goes, I just love this thing. And so now they've had to create uh, in their community <laughs> showers where they have a water shower, you know, so. That's so cool. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. You, you taught them something. <laughs> yeah, it, I corrupt them is what I call it. <laughs> yeah, okay. The, um, <laughs> Adrian was wondering when you were talking about the suit that grew to accommodate you, what was the texture of it? Can you describe that? It felt like skin. That was one that's of the things I, I was thinking. When mm -hmm. I was telling you about when I picked up Sam Jess, that's what I felt. Yeah, it felt like she just had it was I was touching her skin. And that's what these suits are like. So Wow. Wow. I mean hmm. I've had reflections uh, of that in other experiences too. Julie it's, asks, um, there's a couple more questions, excuse me. Um, the Andromedan asks, are there are there other races working with the Sam Jess group? Many. That's Many. that's an interesting topic. And again, you know, there's so much information I can give you, but we're, we're really limited here. But there was a time when uh, when I was with Sam Jess and she was introducing me to the pod, right? And we came down and it was outside of Hawaii and she just took it down and we went inside the water, and, which I've seen on, you know, TV and stuff where they, they go into water. Well, we were in this pod and here we are going into water. And I was just like, I was just so excited about what I was watching and all the visual effects that was occurring. Because when you're inside, you know, it's sealed again. The whole thing is sealed, but you can see out. You just can't see yes. in. And anyways, she takes me down into this, I guess you would call it a ravine, these sides of two mountains and really deep. And then she starts talking strangely on in into the air right over here. And, and uh, it was like what she was doing. I didn't know at the time she was communicating with some people she wanted me to see. And so as we go really deep and she slows way down and we're very deep and it's dark. And then I see like this line occur, this like, uh, greenish line and it, it made a big rectangle and then it opened up and behind that was this greenish light and there was three of what you know i would call grays i mean 
that's a whole nother topic, but you get the idea when I say grace. <laughs> yes. And they had three fingers and they, they put their hands up. There's three of them standing there as we as we were there and she like waved to them and and then we took off. And that was just the first brief introduction that I had with them. And I asked them who they were, and she said that they were the ones who brought them into this next reality, you know, the uh, the evolution of their technology and stuff. And wow. so later at another time, I got to actually meet them. They wanted to come and meet me and because they knew me and Sam Jess had become so close. And this is kind of interesting, too, which I think you'll enjoy is that we they have like I call it a holodeck room, right? Because it, that's the best way to describe it. Where she created this environment inside of there that was similar and comfortable for both us and for these beings that were coming, the ones I call like the grays, but they're close to six feet high, I guess. But anyway, um, when, and she showed me how the environment is changed so that they are accommodated with uh, their environment while we still are accommodated to our environment. And what happens is when they came in, um, they can live in in this type of environment that we have, but not for very long because then they become stressed and they're, you know, what they need is missing. And so um, as they come in, she showed me this little uh, uh, picture, you know, like a live picture before they got there of when they would enter. And what happens is their frequency is a signal in this specific area that we were in where there would be like a bubble that would form around them that you don't see. And then it would also attach to us, creating the environment that we need to be in and them, their environment. And you wouldn't, you don't see it. It's not, it doesn't, without the little thing that she showed me, I wouldn't know. And she showed me that it also could be expanded through an entire ship in multiple different environments. So it would be as though there was nothing there and that everybody was acclimated to the same environment. But in reality, the technology, you know, forms those like little bubbles around each one of us creating Mm -hmm. our personal, uh, environment wow wow that is i wonder uh, no go ahead okay uh, uh, i wonder have they told you anything about the raising of consciousness that we are going through and our emerging into a higher vibratory uh, level of existence yeah well that that's what i'm i'm doing now um, learning from them. There's been several different events that took, that took place that was related to spirituality because spirituality is one of the things, their main sources, right? But it's not thought of quite like what we think of it as. You know, we think of where we have to sit down and we have to worship and everything else, where in them it's it's a natural effect of living because it's the natural uh, law. And that's the big thing. And to bring it down to the absolute basics is when it's almost the access to everything. And what it was is like uh, called sensing. And what they taught me, and then I actually went out and did, was like, you don't have to have an intent, right, in order for you to access something. You don't have to sit there and figure out, oh, we're going to create this one intent today, and then we're going to do it. 
Well, our intent is already natural within us, what we want to intend. Like if it's to heal somebody or, or if it's to uh, create something, uh, you know, a natural path in, in our lives or something or, you know, whatever it may be. So this is kind of like the access or the key to the, the kingdom in a sense. What you do is that you get relaxed, sort of like in a meditation and stuff. And like I say, you don't have to prepare for anything because whatever has been in you uh, a lot lately is going to be your true intent already. So you just sit there and relax, empty your mind, and then bring up something of unconditional love to that you've had, right? Something that meant so much to you and is such a deep memory that it's easy to recall. Like for me, my go-to was the first child that I rescued. And what I do is I see that event taking place and unfolding. And I keep replaying that in my mind over and over again till it suddenly becomes as though it's happening right now. And I'm feeling that love. And I'm starting to see things that I didn't see in the actual memory, like a little wrinkles in their clothes or something like that. And when that reaches a certain point, you're activated into what it is that you you want, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, like just on the simplest level, right? Again, Sam just came down here and we wanted to introduce her, you know, to here you know which we've had some fun things we did and things but one in particular is she hates my jeep because you know <laughs> she's i think she's motion sick she gets motion sick so <laughs> uh, anyways uh, i did gave her this terrifying ride for 15 minutes to the beach and there's this area of the beach here which you can still find in fort myers but um where you could go and the only thing on the beach was natural trash you know leaves and things like that and it was very dark and we pulled in right up onto the beach and um you know i I put a blanket on my hood and of course it was awesome because she got on there and slid right off and so anyways (laughs) we took we corrected that and we're sitting there and uh she has a similar thing that's a whole long story too to me with things that really uh, attract us and that was like looking into the sky and so we're sitting there and looking and i'm seeing things moving and and she goes what are you thinking and i said hello i want to talk to those guys you know because i didn't know if they're the same or not and she goes well duh she goes we just taught you the sensing she goes just go into your sensing you've already you know know what you want to do you don't have to think about that. Just find that space of unconditional love. And as I did, all of a sudden I heard, uh, hello. And the first thing that came out of my head was greetings and salutations. It's like, why the hell did I say that? Right. And, and, uh, I looked at Sam just because I just realized I heard somebody. Right. And she goes, yeah, I heard it too. You know? And so it, but so it, it gives you access to everything. And that's why I was talking about it's, it's, there's this love. Love is what's the missing ingredient in us. And, you know, when I'm writing this, it's like I keep writing love and it's like just getting so frustrated with this is stupid. Why is anybody going to pay attention to me just for keep repeating the love thing? It's because it's the omni importance and the definition of love is so far different each time that you experience it and are consciously aware of that. So their spirituality is part of their being unlike us where we take a moment to set aside or we go somewhere to be spiritual they understand that they're already spiritual they're just having the physical experience right Mm -hmm. so 
so it, it can come anywhere at any time and it's just a natural thing and it doesn't have to be formal or anything it, or it can be personal or it can be a group mm-hmm. it's just a natural part of like breathing to us wow wow did they talk did they ever talk about anything that uh, you know the dark side of society here is planning things and so on and i think we have it pretty much uh, put on hold, but did they ever talk about anything at a di- disruption of society by something that might have happened? Yeah, um, that's where a lot of things part ways with what what we think, right? As we see these movies and we see evil aliens and things like that, I think I want to start with just that there are different species. I've met a whole lot of species, and they're they're rather unified. They're still individuals, but they work together, right? Because they're what I call humanoid. They have a head, two arms, two legs, right? Although other features may be quite different, but those are the kind of people that I, I meet. I don't meet like the ones that I would call bugs, like some people call like reptilians and things like that, because it's like the consciousness of being able to communicate and feel and the emotion, all those things are quite different between us and them. But they have reached that port. Once they become interstellar, they have the intelligence to understand natural law. So they abide by natural law. And, but, and, you know, like the people I'm with uh, abide by natural law. And so there's not no conflict in that. And there's, you know, but they don't really aren't able to communicate very well. So they kind of keep to their way and the humanoid type creatures keep to their way. Um, so, so different, different interpretation of it. Yeah. And then when you look at evolution, what they told me, they was part of our seed. Right. And it isn't like uh, Darwin, you know, where you see this evolution. Um, it wasn't anything like that at all. It, the way they explained it to me was like you have a tree, right? You have all these leaves. And as these leaves fall off, they're like different species and they hit the ground running, right? And they take off and then they exist for a while and then they die off. And then another one takes off until it came to us where we were able to overcome a lot of those things that the other species failed. And so now, you know, we're at a point that we've reached that we could always kill ourselves or, or we could make mm-hmm. our own way. And the reason that this consciousness, the way their form of contact is to help us change our consciousness, because just like right now, we're on the brink of a war. And Mm -hmm. they understand, too, that if we fail, we'll just do it again in a different form and in a different way. So as far as them coming to save us, no, that's up to us. Because once we reach a certain level of consciousness, which is what the plan is with these people that they're you know, teaching the kids, the ones that I'm not allowed to be a contact to you. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, then our consciousness will be prepared to receive them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, you take, for an example, if you was to, an alien race was going to come to an, a, a, a civilization that was advancing and they wanted to give them something harmless, like, like a way of providing water for everybody at all times. Well, if, if they weren't conscious or ready consciously, they would turn that into a weapon or or blackmail or that sort of thing, and it would destroy their society. So then they, the aliens would be responsible for our own destruction because we weren't ready. So if we're waiting for them to come to us in that sense to save us, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. But, but the plan is, is 
if this works, which they believe it will, within 50 or 75 years, by planting these people in with their consciousness and adding into their brains that add that little additive of love, then we will be ready and we will be able to accept them. Hmm. So I have a question before we close. How many times, if any, were you moved to tears when you suddenly began experiencing the majesty, the ecstasy, the bliss of their love? I hate it. And, you know, I, that's not me, right, to, to, to leak. And, but being with them, you can't help it. And that's why I say, like, when I write in the book, I keep mentioning love and it started to bother me. It's like, you know, how is anybody going to pay attention? But it's it's necessary. And when I'm with them, the emotion, the beauty of them, it's like I taught them how to hug. Right. I taught them how to shake hands. And so when I go on board the ship, it takes a whole friggin hour for me to get around the ship because I have to go and say hi to each one. Wow. The difference is, is that when we love or when we hug. Right. You, there's something about it that's transformative and you merge with that other individual and you feel them and you feel what's coming from them. You feel their love for you and you feel that flow of love to them coming from yourself. And it's addictive. And so wow. the hug lasts as long as it's going to last, you know, wow. but I still that's complain a- about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful. That's yeah. so beautiful. Um- we have we have four minutes left, Augie. Do you want to ask your famous question? Or yeah, I do. But I got another one, a little one first, mm-hmm. and that is that looking into the future. Are you worried or are you comfortable? There is no future. There's there's just now. Oh, now. There's no, no time. No. Okay, the physical expression of it. <laughs> I'm not giving up on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope for the best and I'll live my life because that's what I can control. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what that's what we are doing on the mastermind also on Sundays. We create the future. You remember the saying, you know, that the best way to predict the future is to create it. But nobody knows how. So that's what we're doing on the mastermind. And I think it's going okay so far. Well, I'll give you a Shaolin theory of that. And that is to live in the past robs the future. To live in the future robs the present. So all we have is now. Yeah. <laughs> True. That's right. Let me ask you one question. And I ask a lot of people this, and there are many different answers. And that is if you could talk to the whole world right now, and the world was listening, what would you tell them? Hey! (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I'm not here to influence anybody. I'm not here to make anybody believe my my path. I'm just to share to my experience. And if Mm -hmm. it resonates with them, that's absolutely beautiful, and they can take it to wherever they want to go. If they don't resonate with it, great. Go find that self-destruction and horror and, I don't know, doom and gloom. It's mm-hmm. not for me. It's yep. beautiful. I like it. We're not we're not gonna save everybody, but we're gonna save the ones that wants to. Yeah. Well, 
Our time is up. I just want to thank everybody in the chat room. Really good conversation that went on there. Thank you so much, Z. And please, we would love to have you back on maybe to talk about what you do with the um, with the children. That'll be a special sure. show. Yes? All right. Yeah, and there's a lot more here, too. You know? Yes, yeah. of course. Of course. Everybody wants you to come back. So it's, yeah. it's set. It's set. Let, we'll, we'll get dates. Yeah. Tell us also where people can connect with you. Uh, you just said uh, YouTube and your website again so they can find you. Yeah, you can go like the Plagiarian Diaries and you can see or comment there uh, and you see kind of my connections. I've got an email there and stuff. Or you can go to my website, which is thequestecss.org or if it's easier to remember, endingchildsexslavery.org. And wow. I've got my address on there and my phone number. I'm not hiding from anybody. So uh, that's, I'm easy to find. Sounds mm, good. Bless you. bless you. Really great. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks, everybody in the Thank chat room. Thanks, Mac. We're going to be back next Tuesday, but before next Tuesday, we're going to have the Friday evening show, the Quantum Wellbeing Show. I'm still trying to get a hold of um, a doctor because there's huge requests um, who's going to talk about healing with natural remedies and natural, um, uh, I don't want to say... Uh, Supplements, supplements. I was going to say yeah. nutraceuticals, but that doesn't sound great, right? So natural supplements, natural remedies. Um, hang tight, guys. I'm hoping to have him by Friday. If not, we'll talk about something great anyway. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for being here. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Aww. Thank you.